Hi, I'm Brandon Poe, founder of Poe Group Advisors and creator of the Accounting Practice Academy. You are listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan Podcast, where we talk about stuff in the accounting world. If you're looking to buy or sell a practice, we are the premier accounting practice intermediary firm in the industry. Check us out at pogroupadvisors.com. If you're a firm owner looking to build a more profitable practice while actually reducing owner hours, sign up for our practice management workshop, which only runs a few times per year. Learn more at accountingpracticeacademy.com. Thanks for joining us today. I'm really excited because uh, our guest today, Jessica Monday, is a friend of mine and someone we do business with. And um, just, gosh, I've known and respected Jessica for a long time. So this is a special guest. Uh, Jessica is the founder and CEO of Trio Solutions, Inc., a full-service marketing communications agency based here in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, She's also the co-founder of Cloud9 Nonprofit Advisors. Uh, in South Florida and part owner of Full Circle Fishing Charters with her husband, Captain Jamie Holcomb. Uh, In addition to being a serial entrepreneur, Jessica is most proud to be a mom of three amazing kids, one of which just went to Australia. Um, She's also taught marketing and social media for the College of Charleston and the Medical University of South Carolina. Uh, She enjoys traveling to the Bahamas, writing and spending time with family and friends. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you. I'm so glad to be on with you. And um, I've been listening to your your podcast and have been proud of what you've been producing. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. One thing uh, we didn't mention in the bio is uh, she's also the president of EO Charleston now. She followed me in that role and is off to a great start with that. I'm trying. I've got I had big shoes to fill. But <laughs> Well, you're doing great and uh, really glad you took that role. Um, Well, I want to get into a little bit about marketing. I want to talk about um, some interesting stuff around acquisitions because you're kind of contemplating one right now. And um, first, let's let our listeners know a little bit more about you personally. Um, How did you get into marketing? How did you get into what you're doing today? Great question. And I always say I'm, I'm one of those odd birds who knew really early on, I knew exactly what I wanted to do um, as early as high school. And what was ironic is when I went back to my 20th high school reunion, they had this huge board where we had all written where we, where we were going to be in 20 years. And I had forecasted when I was a senior that I was going to own an ad agency, be married and have two kids. I was off by, I have three kids instead. (laughs) So um, yeah, a little, little crazy, but um, I just feel very fortunate that I found my passion really early on. And I I really have to attribute that to uh, my aunt was working in the PR field and I had an opportunity to go shadow her when I was a junior in high school. And this was back in the days when grand openings had radio remotes and the radio vans were out and, you know, media's there covering and it's just a lot of it's still the same, but a lot of it has uh, definitely, there was no social media back then, put it that way. Um, 
And I just got to shadow her and I watched how her client, which was a McDonald's, had opened up a new location in Columbia, South Carolina. And I got to watch her interact with the client, seeing the marketing side and the PR and the community relations and um, the media. And I was like, this is this is really great. Um, it's like you're an ambassador for your client and their brand. And I ended up saying, you know, what did you get your degree in? And she had gone through the College of Journalism at University of South Carolina. And I literally went home and applied. And I ended up getting accepted to Carolina and went and ended up with a degree in marketing. And um, I ended up taking some business courses, which looking back and then later on, I went and got a graduate's degree and master in healthcare administration, because I started to become very interested in healthcare marketing. Um, So I'm glad that I took those business courses because, you know, hindsight, they were really instrumental when it came time to start my entrepreneur journey. But I just really fell in love with the marketing and PR field. I think it's a part of business that oftentimes gets overlooked. And I think the companies that really appreciate the value of marketing reap the rewards of what marketing, communications, PR, and nowadays digital can really do to grow your bottom line and reputation. And at the end of the day, that's where I see marketing playing the best role for businesses and brands that are out there is just really making your brand and your business as awesome as it can possibly be in front of the people that mean most to your company. And that's fun. Like it's, I, I enjoy it. It's creative. It's a great combination of uh, the right and left side of your brain. And if you're one of those people that likes to be creative, but also likes the, the numbers side of things. So yeah, I just, I knew early on and here we are t- over 20 years later and I still have a very much a strong passion for what I do. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, from a client's perspective. So um, for our listeners, so Jessica, we've, we've been working with Trio and you've managed our website and our marketing for probably a decade now, I would say. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting going through the process with you guys has been just refreshing and fun and you're great to work with. And one of the things I would say accountants, I have so many accountants that I talk with and they're proud that they don't do any marketing, which is great that you have a lot of referrals. I think that's what, where there's pride is that, Hey, I I do, I get a lot of word of mouth marketing. And, um, but I still think there's a place for marketing in terms of the branding to elevate your brand will elevate your business. Yes. Over, over time. It's not a, it's not a fast, quick fix necessarily, but. Yes, uh, I would agree. And for, you know, the accountants listening or anyone else, any business owner that might be listening, you know, I think people that say, well, I, I don't do any marketing. I think there's this misnomer that because you're not paying for advertising, that means you're not marketing. This day you started your business and you created a logo and you started functioning as a business, you started marketing. It's just how much 
uh, are you really going to invest in what that looks like so that you can grow your business? And I applaud you. I've always said, I, I think that you truly appreciate the rewards that can come from being a marketing savvy business. And, you know, the kind of rule of thumb is that marketing savvy businesses invest somewhere between, say, five up to 20% of their total revenue. And it's just like anything else in life. The more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And if you work with partners who know how to do it well, just like if you go to a gym and you work with a trainer who knows how to do it well, you are going to see the results, but you've got to be willing to invest in the process, trust the process, and work with professionals who know what they're doing. And it can really, really help grow a business if you lean into it. Yeah. And I will say I've worked with, you know, prior to working with you guys, I had hopped around different agencies a little bit and I couldn't find the right fit. And uh, one in particular left a little bit of a bad taste. And I think I would say if you want to do marketing and you had a bad experience, maybe you just need to try a different marketer. But I wanted to get into, change the subject a little bit, mm-hmm. to acquisitions because, you know, most of our listeners are buyers. I would say, I'd say probably the lion's share of our listeners are people thinking about buying a practice or they own a practice and they're thinking about growth. And you just in the last few months have been exploring an acquisition. And I want to just kind of capture what that experience has been like for you personally. Like what were your first thoughts when you knew of the opportunity that you were pursuing? Like, was it, were you afraid? Were you unsure of how to approach it? Like just, you know, what were your first initial reactions when you started to pursue a buy? Yeah, I definitely feels like uncharted waters that I have not ever been in before, but I also feel like, isn't that life? Like there's so many things in life where you have to start somewhere. And just from the short amount of time that I've been in this acquisition due diligence process, um, as we'll refer to it, I definitely believe that you should take your time, not feel rushed. You know, I feel like the the seller may be on a way different timeline than you may be, but I think it's important to take your time, feel like you're gathering all the information. I, I really am a strong believer of following your gut, but it also needs to align with your personal and professional goals. And we were in a situation where throughout my entrepreneurial journey, I had started another business in a different market. And in that market, I was starting to meet some new people. And that is where I ended up meeting an individual that was interested in selling her agency. At the same time, Trio, my marketing agency, was going through EOS and we were uh, creating our vision and where where we wanted to be in three to five years. And part of that process was that we wanted to expand to a new market. And so there was starting to be this synergy and alignment between really two different paths in my life. And I saw an opportunity where, wow, this acquisition might actually allow me to 
further my own personal entrepreneurial journey, uh, fulfill a need that one of my companies has from a big picture strategic goal standpoint. And I love new challenges. And so that is really how I have been looking at it. And I will say it has helped me not feel pressured and that I can truly take my time and I'm going to make the right decision based on what's right for me and my family and my business. And it's been exciting. And I think it's also been important to go into it in what I would consider kind of phases. So the first phase was, you know, more discovery. What's this person wanting to do? Why are they wanting to get out of this business? And uh, how, how is that of interest to me? And I would say the phase I'm in right now is the no, no, or go. (laughs) Am I, am I doing this or am I not doing this? And so I'm just kind of going through the pros and cons, speaking with individuals that I respect, such as yourself, who have been in this space and have seen a lot of different types of acquisitions occur and just trusting the advisors and the people around me to ask the tough questions and to help me get the information I need so I can ultimately make the decision, am I moving forward or not? And I'm going to be okay making either of those. And I just need to need to make the decision. And it's probably going to happen in the next, you know, couple of weeks. Interesting. So have you learned about things about your business as a result of looking at another business? I have. Um, and I feel like I'm more proud of my business now than I was even going into this because I got to kind of put another like-minded agency under the microscope. And I got to see how someone else is doing what I do. And I realized you know, sometimes there's buyers that aren't in, this is a different industry than they're in. And it's not, there's not that same sector alignment that I'm experiencing, but yeah, it it has made me say, well, we're really doing some things right. So that being said, because we are doing things right, I really don't want this to be the wrong decision. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I always tell buyers, when you look at another, when you look at a practice to, to buy, when you consider a buy, when you seriously do what you're doing, you're taking a very serious look and consideration at an acquisition, you will learn things. And, you know, you might not even realize what you're gaining in knowledge until it's over. Like, even if you don't, let's say you don't go through this acquisition, you know, it might hit you on a random Tuesday afternoon a month from now, like, oh, I saw this when I was doing the due diligence and, you know, I think we really need to do that in our business or, you know, we're really doing this well that they weren't doing. We need to double down on this strategy. You know, so I think um, there's a lot of clarity that comes from looking. It's a shift in your perspective, right? Because what you're doing is you're having to look at something from a very high level and you're kind of winding down into the details as you go, right? Like you always start, at a very high level, 50,000 foot view, and you sort of circle down and you start to get a closer look. And then what's happening in your existing business, because you're into the day-to-day, you're you're down there at ground level and you're getting a higher perspective on your own business because you've had that perspective on another. Yes. Yeah. 
It has been um, eye-opening, exciting, a uh, little nervous, but you know, if you're if you're more of a risk risk taker and you enjoy new challenges and you have an opportunity to explore an acquisition, just go through the process. Use it as a use it as a learning experience. And, and, and maybe this isn't the one, but maybe the next one is the one. And having gone through this process, you you kind of have a little a little more experience at, at approaching these in the future. So I, I just think it's it's a good exercise to go through, whether it results in a deal or not right now. Absolutely. All right. You mentioned that you enjoy traveling to the Bahamas in your uh, bio. And a few years ago, gosh, I guess it's been four or five years ago now, we were in an EO forum meeting and you were talking about your vacation. And I think I mentioned to you like, well, you got to do it completely unplugged. And so you were open to that idea. And I wrote you down kind of like a how-to. And then I took that those notes that I gave to you and I kind of put them into a book called The Unplugged Vacation. And I wanted you to maybe talk about that a little bit. Um, how do you take work off now? Now that you've done that, that one time. I, I haven't mastered it quite like you, but you continue to inspire me. <laughs> still, I still have that email where you gave me the, the play by play on how I needed to prepare. And, you know, in a way it's almost embarrassing that it took that long, but I think as a, as an entrepreneur and um, a mom of three young kids, a husband that traveled a lot, I was just, my nose was to the grind and I just had, was going every day to, from sunup to sundown, trying to make sure everything in my life was taken care of. And fast forward 18 years and I'm like, we haven't really taken like really a true vacation, like unplugged, like more than five days, like a true, I want to take a two week vacation and really have a, a good time. And I knew I needed it. And when I reached out and I asked like, okay, I know that you really appreciate having unplugged opportunities, how as the owner of the business and, you know, your clients are depending on you, how are you able to let them know so that one, you're not coming back to just a huge mess and that people can anticipate that you're going to be out your team. And I think one of the things that you really shared that stood out to me was you'd be surprised how your team steps up and you you'll come back especially if you take an extended vacation you'll come back and your team's actually stronger than when you left and that is really really true i you know i just really value that opportunity and i have continued to take vacations the way that I should, um, I probably should do even, even more, but being able to plan in advance and inform your team and see that your team is actually excited for you to go off and have some unplugged time was, was really a, a great thing to witness and experience. Um, so thank you. I'm looking forward to my next trip to the Bahamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 
Well, I, I talk with accountants all the time and very few, I shouldn't say very few, but not in, not as many as you would think really do work. I mean, a lot of people work on vacation. They don't take it unplugged and um, it is a leap of faith, but I feel too now in our profession and maybe in your industry too, staffing is becoming a bigger and bigger challenge, getting the right team members and getting getting them to stay in your business. And I feel like the vacation is a part, it can become part of your culture. So if the owner is balancing their lives and taking that time and and then it's reciprocated. So when your team takes off, they can have that same privilege. Um, I think it really helps with the cultural aspect. And then two, when you're leaving and they're stepping up, they're actually becoming more engaged and take more ownership of the things that they do in your business. So I feel like culturally, it's just, it's counterintuitive, like time off could actually help build a better business. But I've found that it's, it's definitely, it just does, it works. So. I would agree and have experienced that. And I, I do think it's a great example of uh, leading by example. You know, if you work all the time and you're never taking time off for yourself, then what type of message is that sending to your team? Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about um, a lot of successions are done internally. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with sellers were like, well, the, the the generation coming up, they don't want to take my place. They see how hard it is and they don't want that. So, you know, from a, from a, a succession standpoint, it can be advantageous to establish that balance in life. And maybe one day your one of your employees wants to buy you out or um, become a partner. Um, maybe they're more likely to do if, if they see that the owner has balance. I mean, that's a great point that actually goes back to the acquisition com- conversation we were having earlier. Um, you know, in this particular situation, the owner works all the time. And that while you think you're doing good for your business by doing that, it actually is sitting in my cons list on my pros and cons exercise because it, the business can't be so tied to you working night and day every day. That's not a healthy business. And yeah. so from a succession planning standpoint to making your business more lucrative um, for you know, an outside party to your own health and well-being, absolutely take vacations. Yeah. Take more vacations, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So I'm in kind of the the tail end of the questions here. We're about to wrap up. One, you know, we talked a little bit about marketing and investment. Vern Harnish, who's the founder of EO, has a a pretty well-known statement that small business owners just don't spend enough money on marketing. Like if they spent more money, they would do so much better. Um, Why do you think people don't spend on marketing? That's my question. Like it's uh, so many thought leaders say marketing really will elevate your business. Why the hesitancy? Well, when I used to teach uh, marketing at college level, one of the first classes that I would just start start off with is that, you know, envision your business like a table with four legs. Each leg represents the main components of what goes into running a company. So you've got operations as one leg, you've got finance as one, you have HR as one, and you have marketing. So it's the people running the business, 
how you run the business, the money you need to run the business, and the marketing to grow and promote the business. And if you think about all of the legs being given the same length and attention, then this table and the business is a very steady, sturdy company. But when you start cutting off those legs, <clears throat> the table and the business can still stand, but it's not as sturdy. It's wobbly. It's not even out. And a lot of times what we see is that businesses give equal amount of attention to their people, the money, and how they run it. And sometimes they'll chop off the entire marketing leg, or maybe it's cut in half. And like a three-wheeled lawnmower, you can still mow your grass with it, but does, is that the most effective way? No, it's not. But when you give marketing equal weight, like you do the other parts of your business, your business is stronger, you can accomplish more, you can put more on top of the business and the table. And so I use that visual to help people understand that it's equally as important as the other parts of your company. Why they don't give it as much weight is I think my point I just made. The company can still run. Mm -hmm. It can still function, but yeah. are you getting as much out of it as you have the opportunity to get out of it? The answer is no. Unequivocally, you are not. If you invest in it and you put more in it and you want to make more within your company and you want to grow, then you have to give the same weight to marketing as you do the other parts of your company. Yeah. And, you know, one thing we've seen with accounting practices is they don't do a good job of, of going back over their client list and calling. And marketing will give you the, the confidence to let go of clients that no longer fit your business. It'll give you the confidence to price your services to where you can make um, a good margin, a good enough margin to pay to have good staff and pay to keep good staff. So I feel like marketing protects your margins and it protects your client list in an accounting practice. And it really does elevate the, it elevates the business. And um, yes. It, and it I would say that there is a misunderstanding of what marketing really is because marketing really is a multifaceted uh, discipline. There are a lot of different elements that make up marketing as a whole, branding, PR, advertising, web, social media. I mean, I could, the list, I could go on and on and on. The beauty happens when you are taking a holistic view of all those things. And how does that, how are you managing and cultivating all of that so that when someone engages with your company, it is the absolute best experience it could be. And so to the people or the listeners that may say, well, I don't need to do marketing. Like I mentioned earlier, you are doing, you're doing marketing by having voicemail messages. You're doing marketing by having a website. You're doing marketing by having signage in your company. Like you have to look at it all together and think of all the different touch points that your client has with your company and how do we make that the best, most polished, most inviting, captivating experience it could possibly be so that one, your existing clients want to come back, that they want to refer people 
and that new people want to do business with you. When you do all that and you do it well, you will have a stronger, more profitable company. Awesome. Um, I like the table analogy. That's pretty good. All right. Books. If you were to recommend one book to our listeners, what would it be? There's so many. <laughs> stand is stacked so high right now, but um, I, I'm full into EOS right now. So I'm going to have to go with Traction. Yeah. By Gina Wickman. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a good one. All right. One, what's one bit of advice, guidance, or life lessons you'd like to share with our listeners? Gosh, um, I've had some really great, incredible people touch my life. Um, so many, but there, you know, there's one one that really stands out. I think it's timely. My my husband and I are in the process of selling um, a little mountain house that we've had up in Western North Carolina for a while, and you know, someone once told me, don't ever fall in love with something that can't love you back. And it's just has helped me not be tied to material things in life and recognizing that, you know, letting go of something like a piece of property or real estate or a boat or a car, or even just things in your home, like just don't fall in love with things that can't love you back. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. Well, Jessica, this has been great. How can people best follow you or connect with you? You know, I'm on all the social media platforms, um, Jessica Monday, and I'm happy to connect. My email is jessica at trio-solutions.com. And feel free to reach out. I love talking marketing. I love talking life, being an entrepreneur, being a mom. And if anybody wants to go fishing, I can help hook that up too. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I would be more than happy to connect with any of your listeners if they want to figure out how to help grow their business through really diving into great marketing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's always great connecting and talking to you. Likewise. Thanks for listening to the Accountant's Flight Plan Podcast. If you like what you heard today, please follow us so that you can get updates when new episodes are released and share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. You can also follow Poe Group Advisors on social media. Please visit our website for more information at pogroupadvisors.com.